everybody welcome back to another week at faith over fear i appreciate you guys tuning in i hope you guys listened to our second episode last week um on abortion with brooke larkin if you haven't i know it's a little bit longer episode i know it might take take a little longer to listen to but i encourage you guys to go back and listen to that um i want to start this week by saying unfortunately this past week my north carolina tar hills fell in the national championship as a lot of sports fans out there if there's a lot of Tar Heel fans out there, hey, listen, it was a great season. I didn't expect them to make it this far. And the best thing about it was they were able to take out their rivals, the Duke Blue Devils, in the Final Four. So it was a great season. Congratulations to Hubert Davis in his first season as the head coach. So this week, I want to jump into um, this week's episode. It's parents versus the LGBTQ+. I know this is going to be a hot topic issue. I know that this is unfortunately a war that is arising in the country, but I just want to encourage you guys with scripture and encourage you guys with um, just the word of God and through prayer to join the fight, especially if you're a parent out there, if you're an aunt, uncle, grandparent. Um, most of us know someone, if we're not a parent ourselves, we know people with children. So it's very important with what's um, being brought into the schools and being brought into our children's lives and i think it's important that we join the fight especially as christians so this like i said this week i'm going to be talking about parents versus um, the lgbtq plus and what's going on in the country today so I, I i really want to highlight it's not necessarily i guess quote unquote the lgbtq plus as a whole but really with this push of transgenderism is kind of where i want to highlight this week so i did a lot of research this week i did a lot of reading and I've got a lot of things I kind of want to highlight and how I want to bring it back to the fight against parents. But I want to start with what um, the dictionary definition of transgendered is. And what transgender is, is identifying with or expressing gender identity that differs from the one which corresponds to the person's sex at birth. So pretty much what they're saying the definition is, is your biological makeup at birth is what you are, who you are, but transgendered is identifying with the opposite gender that you, you are. And so I know being in a free country, a lot of people are going to say, well, you know what? It's a free country. You can be and, and think and act however you want to a, to a certain level, as long as it's, you know, not breaking laws, as long as it's, you know, not harming someone, you can believe and think and act the way that you want. And I'm not here to necessarily argue that. Although I'm not ever going to think that it's okay being a Christian, being a man of faith, I'm never going to think it's okay. But I'm also not ever going to treat anyone differently. And I've talked about that in previous episodes a lot, especially early on when we first started, there's an episode, com uh, Compassion Without Compromise. And I think that's where the church has got to live is compassion without compromise. See, I believe that we should show love to anyone, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to compromise who I am and what I believe. And I think that as Christian parents out there, especially those, if you're listening to this episode, we cannot sit back on this fight against transgenderism. And the reason why I say that is, is because if, if it's one thing for an adult to say, I think that I'm a woman and you're going to start acting that way, a.k.a. Caitlyn Jenner, or formerly known as Bruce Jenner. 
simply you think you're a woman, he changed, now he says he's a woman and he's addressed as a woman. Okay, that's one thing. It's a completely other thing to push this idea and indoctrinate our children in school as early as kindergarten and then allow these individuals to hijack every area of life. And when I say that, what I mean is I'm talking about, for example, the Leah Thomas who, or Thompson, I I can't remember the last name now, I'm drawing a blank on that, who just competed in the NCAA Women's Swimming Championship and won as a male. That is completely different. And we as a society cannot be okay with that. And we as Christians really can't be okay with that. This whole idea that you you identify with someone else, we've got to address this this issue, this, this newfound idea in, in our country. Not necessarily newfound, but it's really being pushed a lot harder. And so... One from scripture to kind of combat this whole idea of who you, you know, how you quote unquote identify with is I want to use three examples from scripture, three different men in scripture. So in Jeremiah 1 5, it's God told Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And so I want to highlight there. So God knows us before we were formed in the in the womb. He said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And then going to the New Testament in Galatians 1.15, and this is Paul speaking, he says, but when God, who had set me apart even from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, was pleased. So Paul even knows, and, and as most of us know Paul's story, you know, of killing Christians early on, he even acknowledges that God set him apart from his mother's womb. And then going back to the Old Testament in Psalms, King David said, for you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. So there's three different examples in the Bible where God formed life in in the womb of a mother. So God knows us before we're formed. God knows who, who we are before we're even in our mother's womb. So therefore, against this whole transgender idea, as a Christian, we have to, we have to take a look at what, what does Scripture say about transgender? Are you really something different than what you were born as? And through Scripture, we know that, that the answer is no. Now, again... If you want to necessarily as an when you get to your adult age and you sit here and want to, I guess, act however you want to act, that's between you and you. Okay, that's between you and you. But we cannot begin to teach this. This ideology indoctrinate our children with this idea, we can't as a society. Take this idea and run with it, it's we will fail with this idea. And so continuing on, and again, I want to really circle this back with how does this affect parents? And so before I get that far, I want to highlight kind of the first um, sex change in, in, in the early 1950s. So I was reading on HLI.org slash resources slash what is transgenderism on this article. It says that the first sex, quote unquote, sex change surgeries were performed in the late 1950s, done almost exclusively in university based um, 
especially in clinics for some who had serious psychiatric issues and had received counseling. So where the sex changes surgeries happened were in special clinics where people were all who had serious psychiatric issues. So that right there, in my opinion, is a telltale sign that this is not okay. This whole sex change idea is not okay. You're taking, we were taking them to special clinics with people who had psychiatric issues. That's where we were performing these in the first, um, these first surgeries in the 1950s. But through, and if you continue to read in this article, it said that, um, these individuals who undertook these surgeries were carefully monitored to see if the surgeries were beneficial. And these, they were carefully monitored by surgeon researchers. And through these, this monitoring, they concluded that the procedures were both physically and psychi- um, psychologically, excuse me, harmful. And they ceased performing these surgeries. So in the 1950s, they were the first, where they first started performing these sex changes through these trials and through these surgeries and through um, careful research, they found that they're harmful on a psychological landscape and on a physical level, it's harmful. They're not good. And so they stopped doing them. And so I want to read, I, I read another story of a man named Alan Finch in 1967. He was born in 1967 in Lancaster, England. He was raised with what they called a distant and violent father. And I want to take a side note here because I think that a lot of these transgender issues, a lot of the homosexual issues, a lot of this LGBTQ plus, a lot of these people, I I want to take a side note here and say that this is why it's important to have a healthy, stable family, a healthy, stable father and mother, because those Families are set apart and are so much more likely to succeed. And so in this man, in, in this man's life, he had a distant and violent father whom his mother ended up divorcing when he was 15. They found that this man was missing a male chromosome. And so he was made fun of growing up because he was a little bit how they they described him as a little bit smaller, petite. He was not, I guess, quote unquote, your man's man. He was not your normal, quote unquote, boy's boy. And so he's made fun of a lot. His mother ends up divorcing his father, who was undoubtedly not a great father. So he didn't have a good father figure growing up. At 19, he decided to undergo a surgery to change his sex. So before that, he was apparently working at some, they said, gay hairdresser. Um, Again, he was struggling with his masculinity. And then at 19, he went in to have a sex change done. And so before this, and this is what I think is crazy, is he had to take, he he had to undergo a psychiatric evaluation on which he failed. But then he learned what the answers were, took it again and passed it. And so then he underwent this surgery. And then as he went on to live his life, they moved to Australia he had married, uh, it said, an Israeli who it seemed like was just trying to get a, his, um, his, I guess, quote unquote, green card for Australia. He was just trying to become Australian. And then it says that that ended. He met another man who he had a relationship with. And this it ended, it ended 
because this man just couldn't cope with the fact that he was born a man and saying that he was a woman. And then as he had, it says that he had an affair with another woman later in 1997 who convinced him to undergo or to go back to being a man, which is what he was. And so he did. And then now this man ended up suing the hospital that, or the clinic that underwent the surgery. And now he's an advocate for not undergoing sex change and hormone blockers. And the reason why I want to highlight that story is because I think that, you know, it's one thing for me as a believer to sit here and tell you why you shouldn't do it on a faith base. And obviously as a science base, you can't do it because it doesn't matter what you do to your body. You can't change the fact that you have an either XX or an XY chromosomes. You can't change that. There's no possible way to do that. But I wanted to highlight this, this because this is a man who did it. This is a man who struggled pretty much his whole life with his masculinity, which is where a lot of it comes from. You struggle with masculinity. He didn't have a he didn't have a a present father or a good father. And he went through all these, you know, these different emotions as a kid into his um, early adulthood changes. It says he's a woman lives, you know, however, you know, a few decades as a woman, quote unquote, as a woman. And then he goes back and now he's saying, you know what, this is all this is all crazy. And now he is speaks out against it. And so, again, this is a man who's went through all of it. He he did all of it. And now he's saying, no, this is not good. This is not something that we should be doing. It's not healthy. It's not right. We shouldn't do it. And so, again, the reason why I highlight this is because now, not just from a Christian standpoint, not just from a science standpoint, this is someone who's actually underwent all of it. And now they're saying don't do it because he's gone through all of it. And he's he's seen the harm from what comes from transgenderism. And so we can sit here and go back and forth on the science of it, the faith of it. We can go through all of this. Right. And and I'm sorry. I think at the end of the day, we as believers, we have to take the stance that it's wrong. Again, not saying that we change how we treat people. I'm not saying that we don't show love and show grace to people. But what I'm saying is, is it's not right. And we as Christians have to start calling out what's not right and what is right. We have to set these standards as believers in our lives and in our societies and in our communities on how we're going to approach things and how we're going to live our lives. And so how does this circle back to parents? And so this is where I really want to highlight it. This is where I really want people to get out of this episode. And it really, it really gets me jazzed up. I get fired up over this topic because I've got three young kids of my own. And I'm telling you right now that this garbage is not going to find its way in the school systems. And I will not allow it to find its way in the school systems in my communities and my, in my kids' schools. And I hope you guys do the same thing. And so how does this all relate to children? And so, and this is where I want to get with, get at with it is, is that there are um, states now, like most of you know, Florida put forth legislature who that everyone's trying to say it's the quote unquote, don't say gay bill. That is not what it is. That's garbage. The media is garbage. I am encouraging you guys to stop listening to the media because it's garbage. That legislature, all it did was say that teachers cannot teach gender identity or sexual preferences in the classroom from ages K to third grade. That is all that legislature said. And so now you have a bunch of um, other states following in line, putting forth legislature to keep that stuff out of school. 
And I would say good for those states doing that. Now, yes, there are conservative states. There are Republican states. There are red states doing this. But I'm going to be honest with you. I wish every state would do this. It's ridiculous that there are people in our country who are outraged at the simple fact that we're saying gender identity and sexual preference should not be taught to our children in schools. That is absurd. Of course it shouldn't. And I'm going to be honest with you, the Florida bill, in my opinion, is a little light. My personal opinion is that shouldn't be in school, period. It should not be in public schools, period. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what grade it is. I don't care your political affiliation. I don't care your religious affiliation. That should not be in schools. No more that politics are in school. No more that religion's not in school. This should not be finding its way in our schools. But now that, but now here it is on the doorstep. This is the fight the parents have in front of us. And this is what I want to encourage you parents out there to get involved in your communities, get involved in your schools and stop this mess from finding its way in our school systems. And so the first thing I want to highlight is what Jen Psaki said, the press secretary for the White House on, I believe it was Thursday of this past week. It said her comments were in reference to the Alabama legislature passing a bill that would ban doctors from mutilating children or putting them on puberty blockers if they identify as the opposite sex. The Alabama Senate also passed a parental rights bill that eliminates teachers instruction, quote unquote, instruction on sexuality and gender identity between kindergarten and fifth grade. She goes on to claim that Republicans fighting for such parental rights and protecting kids from irreversible trans surgeries and treatments are, and I quote, this is the press secretary. This is a direct, um, a direct notion of what the president believes. She says it's engaging in a disturbing, cynical trend of attacking vulnerable transgender kids for purely partisan political reasons, which is mind boggling. She said that fighting for parental rights and protecting kids from irreversible trans surgeries and treatments are disturbing in a cynical trend of attacking kids purely for politics. Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? This should outrage every parent in America that they have the audacity to say that fighting for our parents' rights is disturbing and cynical. Protecting our children from going under irreversible sex changes and puberty blockers. We're going to block that for our children. And the White House thinks that that's disturbing and cynical. What is wrong with where we're at in our country? How are there not more parents getting outraged over this? And it doesn't stop there. And I, I believe I'm saying her name right. Kentanji Brown Jackson was just voted into the, um, the Supreme Court. She got voted to the highest court level in our country. And I know there's a lot of people out there who are Democrats who are applauding it because it's a Democrat on the seat. I know there's a lot of black individuals in America who are applauding because it's the first black woman. And listen, I have no problems with a black woman being voted to the Supreme Court or a black man or a Hispanic man, woman, whatever, white, black, man, woman. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't know how many times I need to say that. That does not matter when you're voting a person to the Supreme Court. And so this is what I saw this week. I saw black individuals praising it because it's the first black woman. And I understand. I get it. I get through the history why you would be excited about that. I, I get that 100 percent. 
And as a Democrat, I get why you would be happy that a, a Democrat gets voted in. I understand all that. But this is what I'm here to tell you. If you are a man or woman of faith, I don't care if you're white, black, Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, libertarian, I don't care what you are. If you are a believer, then the only thing that you should have took away from uh, Miss Jackson being voted to the Supreme Court is the one question when she was asked to define what a woman was. And she chuckled and said she could not because she's not a biologist. That should scare every parent in this country, because what that woman is saying is that when these transgender issues find its way to the Supreme Court about indoctrinating our children, about mutilating our children, about putting our children on puberty blockers, that woman is going to vote in favor of mutilating children. She's going to vote in favor of puberty blockers for children without parental consent. Without a parent approving it, they're going to allow children to make these decisions in their lives at five, six, seven, eight, nine years old. How does that not outrage every parent in this country? That Supreme Court nomination is terrible for the country if you are a believer. If you are a believer, it's terrible. And I'm here to tell you guys, I want to encourage everyone out there that listens to this podcast. You have got to take your biblical beliefs before your political beliefs. You've got to take your biblical beliefs before your racial beliefs. You have to be biblically aligned above all else if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. You have to put your belief in Jesus over everything else. Before your politics, before your race, before your gender, before any other belief, you've got to put your belief in Jesus Christ first. And I'm here to encourage every parent out there, it's time that you take the fight back. As believers, we have to join the fight and we have to say enough is enough. We're not going to allow our children to be mutilated. We're not going to allow our children to be put on hormone blockers. We're not going to allow our teachers to indoctrinate our children in this public school systems for what they want. We as parents, as Christian parents, have to say enough is enough. Are we just going to allow our children to make decisions for everything in life? If I allowed my kids right now to make decisions on what they wanted to eat for every meal, it's going to be candy and cookies and ice cream and garbage. They're not going to have any nutritional value in the foods that they eat if I just let them go pick whatever it is that they want to pick. They are children. They don't know what's best for them. That's our job as parents. That's the job of an adult to help them grow and learn. I'm here to teach my kids Okay, if I left it up to my six year old son right now to go to school every morning, he would never go to school because he wants to stay home and play with his brothers or his brother, excuse me, his brother or his sister or his mom or me or ride his bike or play video games, whatever it is. If I left the decision up for him, it would be the wrong decision because kids don't know how to make decisions for themselves because they are not old enough and mature enough to make these decisions. If we're not going to allow our kids to make the decision for what food they're going to eat, why in the world are we going to let them make the decision on whether they're going to be a girl or a boy, whether they're going to put be put on medicine, quote unquote medicine to prevent their hormones? What are we doing? What are we doing? This should fire up Every parent out there, period, period. 
And so I want to, if, if you guys get anything out of this episode, I hope it's that if you're a parent out there or aunt, uncle, grandparent, if you, if you have a child in your life, then join the fight and stand up on biblical principles and throw the rest of it out the window. It's time that we take a biblical stance to society's problems. It's time that we take biblical principle to society's issues, okay? And that's what Faith Over Fear here is here to do. I want to encourage you guys to do that. I want to encourage parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents, join the fight. And know that I am praying for all of your children out there, for mine and for yours. We are praying and we're believing that God's going to move in this country. I appreciate you guys tuning in this week. I hope that you guys listen to this episode. I hope that you take it. And please, if there's ever been an episode that you're ever going to share with your friends and family, please let it be this one. It's time that we start taking the fight back as parents. I want to encourage you guys to do that. Thank you so much for listening. As usual, if you like us, find us on Facebook, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Share us with your friends or family. And I want to encourage you guys this week, join the fight. Pray and join the fight. I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week.